I'm not drunk, I'm just drink. <laughs> Dude, there's something wrong with my throat. <laughs> yeah, it's dry, Steve. Cheers. Cheers. There we go. Steve and I are breaking the rules. We're breaking the what rule are we breaking? And we're having a drink this episode. Well, can we, can we we have, to, can there's we no rules. Monetized? No, there's no rules, but we, we stopped drinking on the show for a while because uh, we were getting too tired and sloppy. But there's this no rules, just right. Yeah, yeah. Like Outback Steakhouse over here. I think I I don't know about your week, but I've been having a, a stressful week and I'm just like I walked in here. I'm like, I don't think I can do this in my current state. And I'm not getting drunk, but I I just needed to have a little bit of something to help me through. That sounds terrible. It does. It sounds like I'm alcohol. Like we should start over. I shouldn't be saying any of these things. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ryan. I thought, are we starting over? <laughs> no, no, we're just doing it. I'm committing. <laughs> oh, and I'm Steven. This is 60 Cycle on the Guitar Buying, Selling, Trading, Modding, Fixing, Breaking, Reviewing. Playing, drinking podcast. <laughs> no, I legitimately, I don't think we've drank. We definitely haven't drank liquor since we finished off uh, the liquor from the 400th episode. Yeah. Well, it, it's been what, like six months, five months, something like that. I feel like we finished it off pre New Year. I don't. Yeah, it was pre New Year, but I don't, yeah, I don't remember it's how long. It's been quite a while. We, we've been dry on this podcast for months and months and months. And it just felt like. Just needed a little spot of something. Not a lot, just a little bit. Well, you know, just what? something to celebrate. I'm doing something different for the day. You know what, Ryan? What? This ad was sent to us <laughs> by Aaron Griffith. This is a 1978 Hondo base. It's been refinished in. Uh, they called this color surf green. Is that surf green? No, this is like surf blue. It's beautiful though. Whatever yeah. they want to call it is beautiful. They've got this like aqua blue. It's like a Caribbean reef sand mm. under the water blue with a bright pink moto pick guard. Oh, that's like the perfect complimentary color yeah. for this. This is beautiful. Uh, they, you know, there's a lot of deals, details over here that we'll get into. They want $1,000 for this thing. More than $1,000 yeah. after yeah. shipping. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's in Sweden, so shipping is going to cost a lot. But it's a Hondo. It's a Hondo 2, the sequel to Hondo. Remember <laughs> yeah. when Hondo 1 came out? What year did Hondo come out? 1969. And this is a sequel to that. 1970. Well, so what's weird is I don't, <laughs> Wait, I don't really it, know why it was Are we called... talking about the movie or are we talking about the origin, the beginnings of oh, Hondo? Oh, the movie is like 1954. Three, I think we were discussing before hitting record whether or not the Hondo guitar brand was named after the John Wayne movie. Hondo. You know uh, what it could be is what? maybe the guys who founded Hondo because they were they were these American guys. Maybe they were big basketball fans uh, and they uh, named this guitar after John Hondo Havlicek. I've never heard that name in my entire life. John Havlicek. His nickname was Hondo. He played for the Boston Celtics. No idea. Uh, so anyways, we've got a P-Base style thing here. Clearly, mm -hmm. it's been refinished. Clearly, it's been 
like fixed up in all sorts of different oh, ways, yeah. all sorts of various different modifications. I mean, first of all, it's got a great big mud bucker in the neck position. Yep. Then some sort of fancy looking uh, uh, P base pickups. Uh, the original that when this was stock, it had like a mini bucker mm-hmm. pickup because I got I've got a screen grab of a reverb listing for original one. And I don't know about Hondo, but in general. Those like mini buckers are just like a, a single coil, a jumble of wire, of like wire and, a, <laughs> and bobbin inside of a metal. You know, it's like someone screwed up stuffing a Dan Electra lipstick and they're like, here, just put it in a mini bucker case. <laughs> like, uh, we tried to push it in the lipstick and all the wires got frayed and it got like yeah. bloomed everywhere. But, but I mean, yeah, a lot of the time they were just single coil. Maybe they right, were right. Like, maybe they were like super overwound single, like the, a lot of windings, yeah. but there's they were single. This has some <laughs> we're single in coils. Great shape this episode. Uh, it has some sort of modern high mass saddle bridge yeah. on it. It's got two outputs on it. I don't know if we'll read to find out what that is. There's, Three knobs and a little mo- switch. It's mono and stereo. So you can split the pickups. Is um, what I'm assuming. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's for pickup splitting or if it's just you're sending both, huh? One or both signals at once. And then it's got some uh scalloping on half the yeah. fretboard down starting on the 14th fret yep it's a 14 15 it's on the 15 is that the 15th yeah so this that's what makes this a billy sheehan style right uh, he did do i think the two pickup like the neck middle configuration but the the scalloping oh and there's two the big billy sheehan thing push pole pots on it for balance yeah uh, this I don't is, know what balance. This is a is. very specific wiring thing that they did. I have to admit, like, I'm kind of hot on the look of that original Hondo that I found the screen grab of. I love that, like, yellow to red stripe to black edged burst. Oh, balance is just, um, it's like, it's blend. Oh, okay, okay. Like, between the two pickups. That's I'm pretty sure that's what they mean by balance. And I love that the reason I grabbed... The uh, the ad that I did as a price comparison is because mm. it has the it has a Fender style headstock, which this this uh, modified one does. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure I got one from a similar era that had the uh, the Fender style headstock because later models have like you know post lawsuit like yeah you know headstocks that don't look like anything the ugly, really. The, uh, the, I feel uh, like the later uh, so, headstocks are gross oh they make me feel sick to even think about them to remember what they look like but this great big fat take on the on the fender headstock is super classy especially with the hondo 2 logo on there yeah. it's like an inlaid hot hondo 2 logo too it's like a it's moto or it's pearl or something like that yeah it's some kind of you think some kind after, of thing you think these are aftermarket tuners on here uh is there a shot of the back of them <sighs> no but the front looks very very clean it's really clean, but if they're aftermarket, they look like the. I think they're aftermarket. I was gonna say I they look like the, they look like the kind that should be on here, but the reality is is that the, this style of bass or the Hondo two bases in general uh, tended to have the little rectangle. Though these ones, I guess it's hard to say. They look. The oh, only you know reason- these ones have the same tuners. The nineteen seventy have like the okay the Fender style big open gear tuner. But I'm saying that they look so clean. I think they might be they might be new. Sure, they should they should have some sort of speckling. I, rust I see on what them. you're saying. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter if they're an upgraded style. Like they are so incredibly clean. I can't. I wouldn't believe that 
they're original. There's no way. Because there's plenty of scratches and dents and dings. In the neck. On yeah. the neck, around the edges of the body. And, it, you know, the body's been refinished over dings and stuff. You can see little dings. The parts kind of like mishmashed, though. Like, the screws don't all look. Maybe it's just the photo, but the screws don't all look the same. We gotta we gotta get a Sherlock Holmes type on this to figure out where all these screws came from. This is important. <laughs> but yeah, the, the big question is with all these modifications and making this thing look beautiful, uh I mean you've got new pickups that mm-hmm. are probably way better than the original pickup. Yeah. A really intensely custom wiring situation going on with the two outputs and switches and push pulls and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a somewhat decent looking refin. It might be a yeah. rattle can refin, but it looks competent. Uh, it's done over a dinged up body, but it still comes across as like this is kind of classy and works really well. I love the look of the pickguard combined with it. And then the scalping on the neck, you've got all these details where it's like, can you justify paying twice as much versus stock condition of this bass guitar? I'd, I'd bet that it's easily like twice as good as far as tones go and probably playability. This is probably dialed in really, really nice. Maybe not playability. Maybe playability is, is pretty dang similar. But as far as sound goes i bet this is a huge improvement so there to the are original. there are a couple different versions of the yamaha billy sheehan they started 1800 on reverb uh though you can get an advertisement for one for do they have $25. mud buckers in the neck uh they just look like they have a normal a, a uh, oh there's buckers. a 2000s version that has a mud bucker okay okay um, so there's like different versions of this concept. Uh, you can get a miniature Yamaha Attitude Bass in Sonic Blue for forty dollars. So for so from that perspective, this, like if, if you wanted to do this thing, this the, is, the this, labor is definitely worth at least five hundred dollars. If you took yeah, if you bought that that five hundred dollar one that's in stock condition and you took it to a tech and said, I want a refin, I want these pickups, I want this wiring, and I want the neck scalloped in this specific way. Mm-hmm. Which is the scalloping looks amazing by the way. I yeah, love looks, the look of that. It looks really well done. It would be way over five hundred dollars. For sure. It, you you wouldn't even come close to five hundred dollars to get that stuff done. Th- this is where I'm at on this. Is this worth a thousand dollars? Maybe it is if someone will pay it. I, sure, I, I think this is like in the space of of uh, where what's the what's the order? Like, I'd have to play this if I went into a store and played this, and it was a thousand dollars. I could see this being like I would. I could see playing it and being like, "All right, yeah, fine, I'm going to do it. I'm going to spend a thousand dollars on this, and hopefully." Uh, because it is a Hondo, it's already a vintage instrument. Maybe someday it, it, it's never going to be I mean, vintage, worth a thousand dollars. Is Hondo vintage? It's old. Technically, it's, it's old. old. You're right. Like it's this is old. this is technically a fifty year old instrument. Yeah. Is it just like vintage is old plus desirability? Sure. This has become more desirable than it was because of the modifications, but. 
in its natural state is worth $500, which is about the price of various entry-level bases. This is still on Reverb. It was listed three months ago. It's been up for three months. Well, clearly it's overpriced because no one's buying it. So we can't sit here and debate you whether can, or not it's overpriced or not. And you can't clearly even, you can only add it to cart. You can't. You can't make an offer on it. Right. So. Is it still the same price? Nine sixty and fifty three yeah. cents. Yeah. It's. So. I wonder where the right price is. Because this is clearly the not, not the right price. People aren't, aren't. Going I think it. the right price is probably if we if we were to assume that four ninety five is the right price for the other one. How long has the other one been up? Oh, uh, it doesn't. There's not enough info. Listed a year ago. Oh, there it is, right there, a year ago. So even the price on that's probably wrong. There's only been one offer on it. Yeah, the price on that is super off. If so, it's if it's listed a year ago, I wonder what they would take. Well, apparently they w- didn't take whatever the offer was. Um, I would, my guess without thinking like what I would pay for a Hondo two pro series two base, even from 1970 on Craigslist would probably be like tops would be like three fifty, Right. Um, so my thought on this pink or this blue and pink one is like top 600. I'm seeing a Hondo two P base. Uh, for three eighty on eBay, mm. I'm seeing one for two ninety nine, and then those are the only two listings. So right. yeah, I think I think this this stock condition one probably needs to move at three hundred, yeah, or three twenty five, something like that. And I think you might be right, like probably six hundred ish for this modified one. And it's like it's clearly it's. Someone put a ton of work into it. It's mm-hmm. clearly worth more than that uh, as far as labor goes. But as far as desirability, no, I guess not. Like it's, the, the market has decided it's not, right. it's not worth that. The unfortunate reality of like, of this kind of thing, right. Is, and this is, this is the thing when people are like, Oh, what's a guitar pedal. It's just, you know, it's just a bunch of parts that somebody slapped together and, you know, it's $25 in parts or whatever. Right. Um, but there's like this assumption there, like I'm probably, I could probably, I guarantee, guaranteed I can make systems that would be tighter. Well, like, think about it. Like when what we, point are you getting at? When, when we made, when we made the, when we did the Stevis and Burkheads, we built them. What did that take? Like two hours, an hour? Right. The kits. Hours? Yeah. The yeah. Kits. I forget how long that video was. I feel like yeah. it was like two hours um so if you think about that at like standard like what a standard labor is for a person with the skills to do it what is that like 30 40 dollars sure. an hour you're doing minimum wage so or... you're talking about like 80 dollars like say 60 to 80 dollars of just straight labor on top of your 25 dollars on parts so now you've got a well that doesn't include dollar pedal that in, doesn't include the r&d labor sure sure you know which you know at some point you pay that off all of that, all, what I'm getting at is for this, like, yeah, it's not worth it. But like when you're kind of doing this guitar thing, unfortunately, the the cost of labor has to be accounted for at some point. But when you do it yourself and then you're trying to sell it on the used market, the labor kind of here's vanishes. Here's what I think this guy should do. The seller should do. Okay. They should either... 
they they either need to decide if they're actually going to sell it or if they're going to keep it because mm-hmm. they have it they have it listed at a they're going to keep it price like right. clearly no one's pulling the trigger on this they they're not open to taking offers because they have that option turned off on reverb mm-hmm. um if they if if they still love this sort of loadout but they're not in love with the base maybe they don't love the neck mm-hmm. maybe they don't love the 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 feel of the body or whatever they need to just pull this pit guard, slap a standard, whatever cheap P-based pit guard they can find that's preloaded off of Amazon, right. like some $40, $50 thing, slap it on there, mm-hmm. relist this for $350. Just move the body. It's got some scalloping on the neck. Someone will pick it up for $300 bucks yeah. or something like that. Yeah, no. Then they've kept the pit guard. They can throw that onto any Fender P-base that they find. If they want to get a really nice one, they have a custom pit guard ready to go for it. I bet they can find one similar to this color, at least like a, yeah. a, a nice colorful color that this pit guard will go with. And they can just recommit it to a guitar that they like. Th- they're losing the scalping. Yeah, they're losing their refinish. Yeah, but they'll actually move this guitar. Otherwise, they just need to decide to keep it because no one's going to pay that price. You know what I think the owner of this guitar should do? What? Of, the, of this bass. What do you think they should do, Steve? Join a Huey Lewis in the News cover band. Mm. Yeah, I'm all for that. I think everyone should do that. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> That's a great idea, Steve. All right, we've solved this one. Solved it. We're, we'll be waiting for a check in the mail for our consultation fee. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, got, a, I got Huey Lewis on the brain because I got the Ghostbusters theme song stuck in my head. Oh, yeah. That that Huey Lewis song. Yeah. It, it definitely is. <laughs> Huey Lewis is, is, you know, I want a new drug. Yeah. Uh, let's do some housekeeping, yeah? You guys yeah, have yeah. to say? Yeah, let's do some housekeeping. All right. Uh, housekeeping is a part of the show where we thank the folks who... Uh, financially contribute to this show. Of course, we appreciate everyone who sends in ads and songs and whatnot, but we like to take a special moment to thank those folks. You can uh, support the show over at patreon.com slash 60 cycle humcast, pay for our food, pay for other things, just like these folks did at the $10 level. We got Barry. He's new in the inner circle. Hi, Barry. And at the $1 level, we have Christopher James Burnside. Hmm. Mr. It. Burnside is himself. Yeah. At the $1 level? At the $1 level. Amazing. And of course, when you get on, uh, when you support us through Patreon. I was just listening to a show uh, the other day. That's from This Is Rad, right? That's Burnside. That's a different Burnside. Is it totally different Burnside? I think so. There's more than one Burnside? I hope. All right. Maybe I'm wrong. There's no picture. I can't know. There's no picture. All right. Uh, we'll, f- we'll find out later. Uh, of course, everyone who supports the program, um, we put their name on the credits crawl at the end, uh, of the show. Yeah. So you get to be on screen Yeah, on your phone, on your computer, on your home television. You will see your name come down the screen as a song is played at the end of the episode. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an amazing Perk. It's an amazing reward to financially support really your it, favorite guitar I think podcast. we're actually like one of... The few gear channels that actually does yeah. puts does that. I don't know if that's true. I could. We're be. the only podcast We're that the does o- that. We are the only podcast. We're the only podcast giving a return on your dollar when you support us with Patreon. No one else does. I'm pretty sure 
we're like the worst Patreon. Pretty bad. For pretty the, the perks that we have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you support us because you want to help, right? Yeah. Actually, I'm in, I'm in, a, I'm in a, a, one of the Patreons I do before I move on. Yeah. Uh, one of the Patreons, I'm, Patreon groups I'm in, the perk is that you get to be in a behind-the-scenes group chat. But it's a behind-the-scenes group chat where all of the hosts have acknowledged that sometimes the members of the chat get a little like too talkative. And so they will mute the chat for like days or weeks at a time. So basically they don't read any of the conversations. They're just gone. You know what I should do? But the whole point is to have access to the hosts as a, but then they, the hosts actively ignore the chat. I, as a, as a Patreon perk, I should set up a webcam in here. This just runs 24 hours a day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no audio and not close enough that you can see like what exactly I'm doing, but just like a webcam in the corner of the room. Like you can see, Oh, he's, he's filming something. He's this in there. It sounds something. like uh, something you should, it's going to be a link to like your Omegle or whatever account. Omegle. Omegle. Is it Omegle? I don't know what that is. Those ones were like, Oh, Omegle is one of the ones where like you like random, like you randomly chat with a, Random person, oh, chat, I, like chat I roulette. I don't know. All right. Anyway, this episode is also brought to you by this thing, not that the, thing, the, but the people behind it. The people behind it. That's right. Sixty cycle hum. No us. big ear pedals. Oh, Steve. big ear pedals. Of course they. Uh, we came up with this stupid idea. They made it a reality. This is the Wacka. It's a nine stage. Boost, boost pedal. pedal. It's nine boosts it's in nine one boosts. pedal, and you just mash your foot into it. Acorn Amps recently came out with a fuzz that's uh, it's not is that, nine. Is I think that it's actually out. I think it's like twelve fuzz pedals. It's, it looks it's a similar look. It's a bigger pedal than this, but I feel like they need we need to get them together. It, I don't know if they actually are producing it or if it was a one off as a gag. I didn't think it was actually out yet. It might not actually be out yet. I think you just but, spoiled it. But no, they've been teasing it. They've got oh, it on okay. Instagram and stuff like that. But if you want to stay up on when these things may become available again, because we might do another run, they're apparently starting to get shipped out. Um, well, actually, when this episode goes up, they will have been shipped out, I think, because this episode comes out in like three weeks or yeah, something. Yeah. We're recording it ahead of time because of NAM and scheduling and stuff like that. So hopefully there's all sorts of pictures of this out there on Instagrams and Facebooks and stuff like that, as all of you are getting your wackos. If you want to stay on top of possible future runs, if you missed it, or you want to run two in stereo or cascading into each other for some awful reason, then follow Big Ear Pedals on all their social medias, get on the email list and stuff like that. This episode's also brought to you by String Joy. That's right, Steve. These strings are crafted in Nashville, Tennessee. Did you know that? I did know that because you say it every episode. Did you know these strings are played on stages worldwide? Yeah, I knew that. Head on over to stringjoy.com. They got custom string machines there. Not machines, but like you go on the website. You they do have them. their own machines, though, Steve. They do. They, they do have their own, their own the, Did you know? Those aren't the machines I was talking about. Did you know, though, Steve, and you there in the audience, did you know that a lot of brands of strings don't actually wind their own strings? Yeah. Yeah. It's an OEM thing. They all order from the same factories. Not Stringjoy. They own nope. their machines. They don't even lease them. They own them. 
they might lease them. I don't know that. I don't know their internal business working. When you said lease, I was thinking like they were doing OEM. <laughs> no, no, they, they have, they have their own string machines on site. They dial them in. They, they, they have hands on strings coming in and out of the machines, setting up the machines and setting them to wind the strings the way that they want them wound using the materials they, they want to use. And yep. you can use their custom string builder on their website to put together sets that are absolute nonsense that no one should ever want to order, but you dreamt it one night and now you can make it reality. Go visit Stringjoy. Use our link in the description so that we can make a little bit of money off that affiliate link. And uh, you know what? Tell us about your strings in the comments when you get them. I want to hear about them. The sad was sent by Chris Creel. This is, oh, the broken neck. It's a broken neck. This is a broken neck. Neck was broken too, and we glued it quite a while back. Does need to be redone. Wood between frets shows streaks from where previous owner used tape when it broke. Has good truss rod cover, string tension bar, and locking nut. No locks, blocks, or keys included. They're asking for $30 plus $20 shipping for this. I feel like if you break a neck... And then it breaks again in the same spot. Just move on. It's done. Like, give up. It's okay. It's okay to give up. I'm trying to f see a good picture of the fretboard because they. Well, here you go, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? This thing broke, broke. This is that's like, not what I thought they meant. No, this is not a Gibson break. We're like, oh, you, you know, that breaks that way all the time. We just take it to attack, and they know how to fix the Gibson break. No, the neck ripped in half, like like peeling a, a banana peel off. Like the headstock broke off, but it took half the fretboard with it. Like this oh, is what? this is wild. It's not worth saving. So when they it's a, yeah, it's an old squire neck, but come on, it's not worth saving. So where it says wood between frets shows streaks from where previous owner used tape. Oh, okay. I jeez, man. Cause I'm looking at like all yeah. They probably tried to use super glue. And, and that's why it broke again. And they, they taped it up real tight. And the moment that they put strings on it, like it pulled it apart again. You know, like because if this had been wood glue we would see like just wood splintering going on stuck to the back of that yeah. fretboard. You know, yeah. this, this is, I don't know what they used so to you're repair it. You're but, saying you don't think this is worth $50. Is that what they have it listed for? Well, once you, once you yeah, ship. shipping, unless, I mean, it could be a luthier special. If some luthier out there has the model squire that this came off of, and they're like, well, if I could get that up and running, then you know, then I'll have, then I can swap the neck in, and because I'm missing the neck, I'm missing the correct neck for this thing. Nobody's think, nobody's in the hunt for a no. 1989 Korean no. Squire HM Strat. No, not that much in the hunt. No, no one wants this. It's not worth. Is this like, is firewood? It. This is firewood, right? I think it's firewood. There's, I'm there, sad. I'm a sad. I'm. I'm. A, I am a sad about it. No, I'm. I'm with you. I'm. I'm a fan of of Squire, and this. I've never actually seen this headstock or this logo. I think they only ran it for like a year or two. Uh, the logo I know, but like this this headstock shape, I think they only did for a year or two. It's, and, it's and trying, I think only on the heavy metals. It's trying to be an Ibanez style thing here. Yeah. Um, 
No, it's it's not worth it's not worth it. Just just fire burn it in the fireplace. If you love if you love looking at the headstock, bolt it to the wall. You know, it's a wall hanger at this point. Like every, it's it's not worth salvaging at this point. Every time you say no, I think of the happening. No. Yeah. What are you here to did was what's the old lady saying? I don't I don't I don't think us? I never ever I never actually watched but that. But you movie. know what I'm talking about? I what? think so. What? No. The Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. I've never seen that movie either. Then how do you know about it? Because I know the meme. Oh, okay. I only know the meme. What? No. I know more about Mark Wahlberg hitting a Korean man so hard that he went blind than I know about the happening. Mark Wahlberg physically assaulted two Korean people on the same day. The first one he robbed and then beat up. And then the second one, he asked them to help him hide from the cops. And then after they helped him hide from the cops, then he hit that person so hard that they went blind. Dang. Screw that guy. I don't, I don't, (laughs) without knowing that, I don't want to watch Marky Mark in anything. He, he ruins everything I see him in. Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Transformers. Yeah. Uh, I love everything about that planet of the apes reboot, except except for Marky Mark. I, I, I love all the, the, I love all the monkeys, all them crazy monkeys in there. You kidding me? All the set pieces? I think underrated. Except for Marky Mark. He made it worse. <laughs> All right, Ryan. What's what's new? <laughs> what is new? We agree. No one should buy that neck. Uh it should yeah. be it should be for the fireplace. Screw that neck. Don't screw it. Don't even glue it. Yeah, just trash Burn it. Burn it. Uh what is new? Uh last time we talked. Uh, I was on a speaker quest. Speaker quest. Speaker quest, because I had that old uh, that old crate yeah. combo that you put together. You, it's you, not in here. No, it's not. It's is at it the, outside? It's at the practice, practice space. Oh, practice space. It's at the practice space. That's Fancy. right. My band has a practice space. I'm, I'm paying $125 a month to, <laughs> to store some stuff. You're paying $125 a month so other people who rent the practice space can use your stuff. Well, it's only our band using it. It's oh, one okay. band in there. It's, it's so yeah. I don't have. It's so we don't. It's so we can stay set up and not have to haul right. back and forth. We were u- we were using a practice space where you pay per use, mm-hmm. and we wanted to set up like a PA and stuff like oh, that. Okay. And it's like it, we didn't like the the other space, so I swapped out all those speakers. Right. I I swapped in uh, a Jensen neodymium thing. Because I was, lo- I'm, I've been loving the neodymium cab uh, that came with the St. James. Oh right, yeah. Um, and then I put in a uh, uh, an Eminence Swamp Thang. Swamp Thang. So I have those both in there, and I went to practice this past weekend. Yeah. Holy hell! It made a huge difference. Flamethrower, like, huh? Like totally different sound out of yeah. that cab now. Way more volume on tap. I actually had to turn the the volume down like ten percent at least, maybe fifteen percent. Wow! Because it was just like. Wow, this is moving air now. Use channel it's, one, right? Uh, I've been using the channel that has the reverb and the trim yeah, on that's it. Channel. Oh, no, that's channel two. That's channel two. I mean, it doesn't matter because the reverb's fried on the amp. <laughs> and I don't use the trim, but I just instinctively is it, uh, plug in there. Fried? Yeah, I, I should probably, the pan probably needs to be replaced or something like that. Breaking my stuff. <laughs> uh, is it, is it, does it not work or when you turn it on, it just sounds bad? It just doesn't it pass a reverb sound. I wonder if it if it's in like a weird switch state. I don't know. It might have been left in a weird switch state. What does that mean? Because 
there's a foot switch input and oh. it might be one of those things where if there's no switch if there's no i'll try that or maybe it only works on channel one no because the channel two has the reverb in the trim i'll i'll yeah, uh I don't I'll, remember. I'll bring a switch with me next time i go and i'll try try that yeah. with a foot switch because that might honestly be it i remember it used to want to either i forget if it was the the tremolo or the reverb would only work with the foot switch right so Big surprise, speakers make a huge difference. Yeah, Everyone yeah. already knew that. But like the acoustic amp with the, with the old speakers was already so crazy loud for mm -hmm. use with Dinosaur mm -hmm. Ghost that I assumed like, oh, it's probably going to be fine. Like, yeah. you know, it sounds fine for Dinosaur Ghost because I'm sitting in a very specific place in the mix compared to everyone else in the band where like this there's and it's all very clean guitar. Uh, this band is got a lot of distortion, a lot of modulation, a lot of reverb and delay where you want to hear more definition and stuff. And it was just getting lost in this mud and murk with those original crate speakers. Right. And so, yeah, I, it was like a $300 investment on my part. I probably could have just bought a whole new cab <laughs> for $300 that would have come loaded with greenbacks or something like that. Yeah. But I wanted to have some fun. I kind of really like the mojo of that cab. That you know, front ported crate amp converted got, into definitely a cab. Got some weirdness. It's got no grill on it. Just everything's raw and I exposed. Mean, now that you've got like three hundred dollars in speakers in it, you <laughs> might want to figure out a grill situation. Yeah, I always wanted to get like a car, like the car speaker grills that where it's just the grill that yeah is the exact same as the speaker, like just a circle. So. That'd be easy. Yeah, just install it. You just have to make sure it's like not gonna screw into oh, the, where put, the speaker is i should put spinning rims on it oh my gosh <laughs> do you remember the uh do you remember the visual sound amps that had the hub yeah because it was like a, di a diffuser or something like that yeah, yeah yeah i i i need to try the acoustic control head with that saint james cab mm. to see if it's similar in volume Compare. yeah or you need to bring the saint james cab and that cab four by twelve stereo 4x12 no it'd still be mono no but i can do two amps and Ooh. split them stereo oh. ultimate stereo oh. rig two fuzzes going into different amps <laughs> <laughs> stereo chorus mm -hmm. stereo reverb stereo delay is there a stereo wah out there technically uh you wouldn't be able you wouldn't have any stereo tremolo Oh no, you would. So you could do a wet dry, a non-stereo wet dry by just splitting like splitting stereo. Yeah, I guess you'd have to split stereo early and just run it in one into each input. So it'd be like stereo sum to mono on right. the acoustic. Someone was trying to tell me the other day, or they, they were making an argument on someone else's post, like, oh, guitar is never truly stereo because it's from one input. I was like, what about stereo chorus? What about ping pong yeah. delay? What yeah, about stereo that's... trim where it pans back and forth? Right. Like, yes, the source, the guitar is mono. Right. But you can very easily and quickly make the signal be processed into stereo where very different distinct things are happening on each side. Yeah. I, you know, there's a there's a case to be made that like... I don't want to haul a stereo rig around with two, two by 12 cabs. There's a case to be made that like if you're running and taking a stereo rig... And then, you know, at the PA, it's being summed to mono uh, that you're not really running a stereo rig. 
But yeah, I think if or if yeah, you're, if you're summing it to mono, then it's not a stereo rig. Then you're, you're just running two mix. You're running two rigs in parallel. Yeah, or if you're running like a mono output that gets split with like an ABY box to go to two different amps, and the only difference is your amps. You know, technically, there's a stereo effect because those two amps will be in different locations, but you're not sending different signals to them. You're just EQing them differently at the but, location. But so if that's those, not really stereo. If but those yeah. amps are dirty, you're getting different grit on each side, which gives yeah. you a stereo yeah. width that is actually really cool. And if they, if one is wet and one is dry, as far as reverb and effects goes, that it's, is stereo. Exactly. Or as soon as you're, I think you throw in something that actually separates a signal where in chorus, it's going to be like moving back and forth. If you or, shoot it to or two. Or ping pong delay or whatever. If you shoot it to two identical amps, but they have different microphones on it. That's going to give you a stereo effect, even if the amps are crystal clear, clean. Sure. Like, little differences. They'll give you a depth in your stereo mix. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, I would love to run a great, big, loud, fuzzed out, delayed out, reverb, and chorused out stereo doom rig sort of thing. Yeah, but I don't want to load it into into a car for gigs. I barely want to load one amp into a car for gigs. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so no, thank you on that one. Even though, man, it would be amazing. Just baptism in in fuzz, sonic baptism of fuzz <laughs> and modulation and reverb. There you go. Oh, it's like I'm, I'm I'm half chubby right now just thinking about wow. it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine like rolling up to some that. little bar, some little dive bar gig, and you haul out two, two two by twelve amps? You're gonna be like you're running stereo fuzz, one on each side of the little stage, just boom. I mean, it was already enough of a problem every time somebody would roll into the park gallery with a four by twelve, and right. just stand in the back going like, oh, <laughs> oh hey, you want to put a mic on my amp? No, no, I want your amp to be outside. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we had one we had one guy roll in like that, but he was running on like a line the line six insane channel the whole time oh with like the mids at zero. And he's like, I don't understand why my guitar's not in the mix. Like I can't hear my guitar when the bass and the drums and everything else are going. I'm like, Yeah, man, because like the symbols you suck at tone. Like the symbols from the drums are drowning out all your highs and uh, the bass from the bass is drowning out all your right. lows and you got nothing left. So something something that I, I did for my pedal board for the band for yeah. uh for vulture shock uh <laughs> so dumb i know <laughs> i put the dod uh 10 band or seven band eq at the end of my pedal oh, board okay because so, the uh the acoustic control doesn't have a mid control yeah and i was like i want to experiment with using this thing just to see like oh if, if i want to tweak a little like uh frequency or something like that mm -hmm. uh, it's back there right now you can see how i have it tweaked just the tiniest little hump in the mid-frequencies was the difference between that amp sounding flat and that amp sounding like just beautiful and dynamic and exciting. Like, it sounded good before, but it sounded a little bit flat. But boosting those mids just a tiny little bit made a huge difference. You're going to need to get on top of it if you're going to take a good picture of the settings. No, I'm not taking the I'm looking at something else. Okay. You're lo looking at how I'm missing the back plate? No. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, oh, that's someone else's. This is someone else's. So Whose is that? Uh, well, 
I'll tell you during right, that's right. new. Oh, it's Copeland, huh? Yeah, yeah, because you went to go see Copeland. They have the same pedal as me. Uh, this is a different. So the colors are inverted. So, I, but it's uh one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, it's the seven band. Yeah, uh, I. But it's like the the FX is black. So mine like, is probably so it's, like a, it's an inverted an color. earlier model or a later model. I broke the foot switch off of mine mm. and uh, I replaced oh, yeah, it. Did. I replaced it with a momentary uh, regular foot switch. Which yeah, I thought was a fun mod. So my what's new? First of all, that Flama FX10. I used it. Oh, what do you think? It was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, right? I've got mine right here. Yeah, I use these sorts of things all the time. I've got my Fender right here. I've got the Flama. I've got the Pocket GT. I like this class of product. Yeah. I easily use more than anything. I, I didn't. I haven't like used the Bluetooth feature yet, but I at least like got it in. And you gotta had, use the Bluetooth used, feature. I, the drums are a lot of fun. I thought yeah. the built-in drums were like really fun. Uh, so I just didn't. I didn't get all the way into it. Were you doing guitar or were you doing bass? Guitar. Okay. Guitar. Uh, so I'm. I am interested in how it does bass. Yeah. Uh, I need to check that out. I'm telling you, man. Hook it up to Bluetooth. Find your favorite song. Jam along. It's like. It's going to be your new dad thing sitting on the couch later. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah. So I saw Copeland last weekend. Uh, My wife surprised me ish with those tickets. Like, it was a surprise, but I. Was it for your birthday? Yeah. But I like Happy birthday, Steve. Thanks. Uh, That was weeks ago. I know at this point. Uh, I I, like spoiled it because I told her, I was like, well, should I get on the waiting list uh, for the San Diego show? Like, just in case. And if, if they end up getting open, then we'll just scramble for babysitting. And she was just like, no. I was like, okay, <laughs> absolutely not. I was like, uh, so there, she kind of, you know, it ended up kind of giving it away. Was, I, right. guess, I guess that's my fault. Uh, but it was funny because um, I, at the end of the show, I went and took some some pedal boards and pedal so board picks. pedal board picks. And so their longtime guitarist, Brian Lawrenson, who's actually the guy who did the Quiet Theory prelude. So he's the guy behind Quiet Theory. Uh, his board is like, the newest pedal on there is the Cloudburst. He's playing through like a little Benson, so the Strymon Cloudburst. He's got one of those newer Boss pedals on there. Uh, he's the, got one of the, the DD, Boss DD200. 200, yeah. Quiet Theory Prelude, Benson Preamp. This is a Walrus Julia uh, 1981 DRV. Uh, the only like non-boutique thing is like the Micropog and I guess like the SP Comp, depending yeah. on whether or not you keep consider that. The other guitarist was running... I don't, this is unlabeled, but then a Julia Quiet Theory. I think this is a Hungry Robot. Old Blood Noise Dweller. Keely Keely Comp. Comp, uh, Carbon Copy. Box of Rock. You'll have uh, to send me these picks for when I edit. Dispatch Master. Oh, interesting. They're using a Ruby. And then a Ruby. The UA. uh, The UA Ruby. Was he running direct? I don't know, because this was on the other side of the stage. Uh, But what cracked me up is their singer... Uh, who by no means is like a, a tone slouch, but he's not doing any like ambient work. He's just like, he's he's doing the bread and butter work. Right. He's doing the rhythm work. DOD, old ass, seven band EQ, just like yours. Uh, different color scheme, but definitely same it's not era. even plugged in in that picture. Uh, maybe it was, maybe it was, uh, oh yeah, that's weird. I don't know. Sidelined. Maybe it broke. <laughs> DOD 250. I figured out by... I know why it's not plugged in. He didn't bring the little dongle to plug in the power. Oh. Yeah, it needs it needs the, the adapter. No, is that... No, uh, I'm telling you, because it, it, you, you, if you look at yeah, mine, it yeah. needs a little, like, the to the 3.5 millimeter plug um, adapter. So, DOD 250 overdrive. I think that's one of the reissues. Yeah, that's a reissue. Uh, 
a Ibanez DE7. I had to stare at this one for a long time and yeah. look at pictures because it's all it's covered up. It's a tone up, lock delay. But it's one of the tone locks, and it's the only one that's three knobs and two switches is the DE7 and then a tuner. So I it's think just, Blake Wyland's a huge fan of the DE7. Oh, everyone's a, everyone should be a huge fan of the DE7. All right. If you've played, everyone I know who's played one is a huge fan. All right. Okay. I believe you. Um, so basically, his guitar is just over the DOD and this, and I don't know what he was running into. Uh, I think he was running into a Fender, uh, some kind of hot rod Deluxe or DeVille, mm. which might be the same amp that he was running through like when I saw them in San Diego like 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's just it's just funny to see like two super boutique like put together boards. Like it's clearly well thought out, very expensive, and then just like yeah, it's like I need to try and DOD a delay. I've been as D seven probably basically been using that setup for the last 20 years. Yeah, I, like, I don't, I don't, I apparently don't need the, the seven band EQ cause I didn't even bring the power for it. So yeah. Just, yeah. You know, see, I'm going to, I'm going to say something controversial right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think this episode needs a topic. Well, it's, you know what this episode does need? What? It needs us to talk about the chase bus audio mood. That's right. That's the old mood. By the time this episode's airs, maybe I'll have the new mood and I'll have a new mood in my life and I'll have two moods. The new mood is in, has stereo. I could use it with my big old stereo rig that I really should not do. It's got smoother stuff going on. What's it's got all these features. Output? What's this for? It tells you on the front, Steve. It's for MIDI. It's a MIDI quarter inch MIDI. Yeah, there's oh. adapters for it and stuff. I, I've never. For MIDI I don't control. know anything about MIDI. So. Neither do I. I never use that. Mood. Don't buy this one. You can't. You can't buy that Go one. Go to ChaseBliss.com. Buy the new one. But you can buy it used. There's probably a bunch going up used right now because people want the new one. But you should buy the new one because it's better. It's the old more, one. The old one's good. The old one is good too. If you want, if you want, the, if you want, because they do have different features. But if you don't buy the new one, then Chase Bliss will cancel the sponsorship of the show. That's not true. It's not true at all. Ch- I, re- I read it, Ryan. I Joel, read it. I know. Joel said he loves me. Yeah. And I said I love him. We're in love. They're getting married at NAM 2020. We're going to meet up at NAM and hug each other. Um, yeah, I mean, that is true. I'm sure that is going to happen. I'm 100%. Actually, you're not going to meet up at NAM because Joel's not coming to NAM. No, he's going to be in the area, though. He's going to yeah. be he's going to be. But you're not going to meet up at yeah. NAM. Hey, Steve, Steve's just reading my emails, my personal emails. Oh, my gosh. It's your like, personal emails yeah, to we 60 told, cycle. We, told each, we told each other we love each other, and you're, you, you read it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're very personal. Sixty cycle. Hey Ryan, can you make sure you send have people send business emails to the? It's not my fault. People tell you that they love you in you business emails. The moment when you saw that someone said they love me, <laughs> I don't. In an email, it. you should have been like, "This isn't for me to read." But then you kept reading, and you saw that I said, "I love you back." It was actually I didn't see you say that. I only saw him. I did. I did. No, I did. I, I didn't did see say that I love him back. But anyways, this is a, this is the episode that's going live before we go to Nam. I don't think we need a topic. It's going to be right, long enough. Fine. Let's just do the last ad and do a song. Get this out of last here. ad was sent by Decoy Six Six One. This is an SG. I was inspired to build after seeing Disney's Cruella with Emma Stone. The body is split black and white like Cruella's iconic yin yang style haircut. That seems kind of racist. Eh, I think that's fine. I'm I'm calling. Yo, is this racist and asking of calling Cruella's haircut yin yang, yang is racist? It's not great. 
I think there's I think there's bigger things to worry about these days. No, there definitely are. <laughs> the back of the body with the pinstriping was modeled after Cruella's Cruella's yellow yellow little bit leather vest. The gold sparkle headstock is referencing Cruella's gold sparkle pants. Kind of goofy, but fun. What but, is the weird little bit of tort pit guard referencing? I'm not I'm not there yet. Maybe uh. they'll say later. The neck pickup is a red lowrider gold foil crisp and sparkly tone. The bridge is a Ken Armstrong mini humbucker. That delivers a roaring punch. The tuning machines are Goto, vintage style. From white buttons, the bolt-on neck is an FESG, top-load Golden Age bridge. The wiring is Fender Mustang. Oh, that's neat. Center position is off. Left or right is on. And it's phased, so it's full-on Mustang wiring. Wow. Uh, There are several cosmetic issues, Ryan. No kidding. There are cracks and flaws in the nitro lacquer. I tried acrylic and polyurethane paint oh good thing this guy painted it with with nitro so it'll but, sound good but they did not give me the appearance i wanted i purposely added checking which is typically only found on vintage guitars Ooh, but it adds another option. cruel yeah. effect like rippled leather i understand this guitar is not typical but if you want something that stands out this is the guitar for you i'd be grateful if it finds a new home for someone that will really enjoy it it says on reverb Custom. My seven hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. My that the, the price is out of the question. Um, my first objection to this is why would anyone make a guitar themed after that? Honestly, pretty boring and not that fun. Direct to streaming adaptation movie drivel from you know what? Disney. Like I don't like. Note I don't to, note to self. I'm gonna watch this movie after I finish Chronicles of Riddick. All right. The Riddick movies are great. I watched, I watched Pitch Black because of you, and then I moved on. Have you not seen it before? I've seen it, but I don't think I've seen it from start to finish. I po- I posted on Facebook my appreciation of, of Pitch Black. Pitch, Pitch Black. It's good, I, right? I can definitely see why Chronicles of Riddick is worse than Pitch Black. I think it depends on who you ask. Because no, I, I, I prefer Pitch Black. I but think, I'm, a, I'm a sci-fi creature feature lover type of guy well i think that's what i think uh, now and then i'm gonna watch actually i'll probably watch chronicles and then i'll watch riddick Chron- i'll watch all three chronicles is for like the people whose sci-fi it's just scratched by dune but i think that's the problem is i think pitch black was like you don't know anything about this guy you barely understand like you don't need to understand the universe right, right. there's so much universe building in chronicles that you're just like man i just want to see this dude like kill some stuff like pitch pitch black, I love that we're not even talking about the guitar. Pitch black is like Mad Max. Yeah. And then Chronicles of Riddick is like Dune. And then Riddick <laughs> comes around and is like, oh, we're just gonna try to do the first one again. That's what I read. Right. They're just do they're just trying to do it again and they didn't do it as well. But so so the wild thing is, because I was looking at this too, is Pitch Black, I think, was like on it. What made like thirty million dollars on a twenty million dollar budget? I think it right. kind of became like a cult classic. But I think I think it did. It's one of those things that it did excellent in blockbuster. Yeah, you know. Um, then Chronicles did like a hundred and thirty million on like a hundred and fifteen million dollar budget. So it was always just a little bit past this budget yeah. profit, right? But I think Riddick, they went back to like a thirty million dollar budget. And still made up made a hundred million dollars. Ah. So it's like they had built up the fandom, and I think I think a lot of people who liked Pitch Black were down to be like, can we just like watch this guy run around and be nuts and not have to like worry about what's going on in the rest of the universe? Sure. 
Don't spoil Riddick for me. I'm not there yet. I mean, I, I'll I'll go I'll go rewatch Riddick. It's it's been a couple of years. I, I I remember being like, oh yeah, that was fun, but it, like yeah, I didn't think it was as good as the other two. I feel like okay, so going back to this guitar, I feel like this guitar. Why why make a tribute guitar to this stupid direct a streaming movie? Like, Just make it black and white. You know what? This could have been a, a trip. I don't wait. What did he say? The point of the black the back pattern was. I don't know. It's all supposed to look like her clothes or whatever, and like. I get, I get that the movie is like her, somewhat her leather vest visual to look like a vest visually stunning and stuff, but it's a completely forgettable movie in so many ways. And like, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around someone be like, I've got to make a guitar styled after this movie. But I will say, you know, you know what, you know what they could have said this. Okay. What, you know, ahead, I'm sorry. always interrupting Steve. Go ahead. What are you going to say? What what will you say, Ryan? What I will say is I don't I don't hate the direction they're going on with this. I like the two tone thing. I love the red uh, foil pickup in the neck pickup. the The red pickup on top of a black and white guitar. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I don't mind the two tone thing. The execution here is rough on every part of it, and not rough in a way that I find charming. It's just like it's. It's just hobbled together in a way that I don't find charming at all. I really don't like the back. I hate the back. The theme, I'm, I, you know, I have no frame of reference to that movie. But you know what? I when I look at this, and if you told me there's a there's a pop culture theme in this guitar, all right. Batman the Animated Series, Two Face. Mm. That's what the theme of this should be. This could be a Two Face guitar. This could be a Two Face guitar. Totally. But then, like. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through details that really set me off on this guitar. Are you are you saying that they grind your gears? My gears are being ground down to to nothing, just pulp right now to, to metallic dust. The, I, the Mustang switches are like six miles apart. I really hate the control thing that they tried to do here. Like I get they were trying to cover up. There was there's probably four holes there for oh, the original yeah. controls and like I don't want four holes. I want blues and like dude, instead of the Mustang switches, just do three do two three way switches and then two knobs. Like like this whole like like it looks like it was cut up with a, a kitchen knife, this little piece of tort pick guard yeah. to to host I bet you they cut that off a of Mustang pickguard. They didn't. They did not cut that. They didn't. They didn't cut the hole for for that switch. No, there's you're no, right. There's but, no way they did. No, this is. Uh, they cut that off of a Mustang pickguard with a kitchen knife or something like that. And then they I mean, put. Hopefully not a kitchen. Knife. They put a a Mustang control plate right above it. Yeah. It doesn't make any visual sense at all. None of that works at all. Like I guess functionally it's fine. Functionally it functions, but it's like if you're trying to do a theme guitar. Like, what even is that? Like, it's so distracting to look at it. Uh, they call out the name, the the brand of the bridge. It looks just like any, like, it looks like a $15 bridge off of Amazon or something like that. Like, cheap saddles. It's just a, it's just a hardtail bridge. It is kind of impressive to put a hardtail strat bridge on an SG. Yeah. I hope that works, you know? <laughs> Did you see the neck plate on this thing? There's no it's way. It's so weird. It's so gross. What is that? That can't be the stock know. neck plate. What is that? It's horrific. That's it's a it little is. piece of scrap metal from Home Depot or something like that. It's got two like holes in the middle that don't have screws in it. It's way too small. Did this guitar even 
originally have a neck plate? Because if it did, this is not it. Uh, it, I don't know, because the 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 neck is like it said in the neck is a bolt on. Golden Age top loading hardtail bridge is on Amazon. It's fifty dollars. So I mean, I <sighs> guess at fifty dollars, that's why you mention it. But with those saddles, I wouldn't eat, I wouldn't buy that thing for fifty bucks. The thing I want to know the most about is the the moto cover on the pit guard and he doesn't give a good close-up of that like i want to see what that looks like up close cover look look oh the headstock the headstock yeah not the pick i'm sorry all right do you got anything else and then the the price is obscene here we go the price is obscene right yeah what was it a 700 750 yeah i don't i don't know (sighs) all right things i appreciate about this ad despite my reach, which I know is a reach, saying that maybe calling Cruella's hairstyle is yin yang, is maybe racist. That's a reach. That's, uh, it's a it's a little bit of a reach. Yeah, save that for more important things. But what too. I do appreciate right. is that this guy made a guitar, which he is saying is theme made. made. He's assembled, refinished a guitar that he was inspired to build. After he re- seeing- he rethemed. After seeing Disney's Cruella with Emma Stone, that this guitar is maybe named Cruella, but it's a character, so maybe, you know, I get it. It's not named Emma. At no point does he say that he loves to make this pickup scream when he grabs her by the neck. So I'm going to give the seller props for not being gross. Props. Because if there was a moment to be gross, I think, like, there's so many words here that I was waiting the entire time I was reading for the gross. You were waiting for some happen. gross sexual fantasy to come into yeah, play. Yeah, where it's like, oh, okay, so you watched that movie, you got a boner, and you decided to make this guitar. Right. No one wants to read those words. No. Yeah. And you guys had to listen to us say them. You didn't want to hear those words said. You don't want to read them either. Ryan? Yeah. What's- how uh, how do you feel about the Adventurers Club this week? Mm. I'm going to let you say it first. It's Cruella. That's it. For me, it's Cruella. I really like the Hondo base. I like the Hondo base. I'm bummed. I'm bummed that it's not selling, but obviously the price is wrong. I think I, I think I have the biggest feelings about the Cruella guitar though. So does that make it a winner? I think so. I think the Cruella is the winner. All right. Congratulations. That's the numbers guy, right? Decoy six, six, one. Congratulations, Decoy661. All right. You, you want, did it. You want to hear a song? I want to hear a song, Steve. The song was sent by Blue Light Special. Song, 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 song. Let me hear that song. Hey, gents, here's a tune for your end of show segment. My band, Our band, Blue Light Special, released an EP last year. Excuse me. This tune is the last track on it called Lose the Foe. I actually wrote the lyrics for this one. Our lead singer is the main lyricist, but it was cool. Uh, to try something new for me. It also features some synth parts I added to beef up the soundscape. I was trying to play producer a little too hard. Enjoy, Matt. Well, thanks, Matt, for sending the song. Here we go. Same. 
up this far Perhaps a guiding hand Look around and see It's all here All the things that I live for song yeah it's got a nice like vibe to it it's put me in the mood to relax the rest of the night made me think a lot about shopping at kmart mm, yeah because because they're called blue light specials. yeah because it's a blue light specialist can't do that anymore it's a joke no kmart's around right nope all right bye everyone stay grounded <laughs>